previously on Masks and Mayhem. The main thing that has drawn the three of them together is a group called the United Nations Irregular Operations Network, otherwise known as Union. I'm Dan, I play Yardak, the first Atlantean ambassador to the surface in 200 years. I'm Rachel, I play Ruby Lawson, a film school graduate who creates illusions and objects after contact with unusual media. I'm Sama, I play the speedster post-human Myra Hassan. I am Ulrich Ivinson. Oh my god, guys, he's a werewolf. The cute coma guy is Agent Alan Rickard, who is really a rather minor character that they just met during their first adventure, and he got knocked into a coma. Ruby, it's Agent Rickard. He's awake. It's another bright, sunny day out in Riverside City. Ruby, you are at home, sitting on the couch as you put on your shoes. You just received another call from Dr. Alvarado to inform you that Rickard is able to see visitors now. Nearing noon, Bethany, your roommate, shuffles out of her room as you finish lacing up. Oh, hey, Ruby. Are you heading out? Uh, yeah. That, um, agent that got hurt on that mission, like, a while ago now finally got out of that coma, and I'm gonna go see him. Oh, okay, uh, I just, like, I know this is important, but we need to also make sure we're putting time into the movie? I I just don't want to keep having to give everyone reasons for the delays. Um, okay, I'll go see him real quick, and then after that I'll be completely free for the afternoon, I hope. Okay. She nods silently as she sleepily goes to pull cereal out of the top cabinet. Okay. Not long after that, you all arrive at Union Echo Base. It's bustling with activity as you arrive. You see, from the last time you were here, a new security checkpoint has been added to the entrance, where a junior agent asks you to place metal items on a conveyor belt and walk through a metal detector. Okay, I don't- I don't think I have any metal items. So the junior agent goes to, like, motion you through the metal detector. I walk up to the junior agent, and I put my spear and my cell phone down onto the conveyor belt and go, traveling light. And he looks down and he goes, this freaking job. <laughs> I just put down my phone, that's all I have. All right, besides the new security checkpoint, the building has seen some renovations since your last visit. Walking into the foyer and its large 30-foot ceilings with stone pillars and a large white marble staircase on either side. Straight ahead, you see the gigantic metal doors that lead to the holographic hazard intensity chamber. As you enter, Agent Kevin Lewis approaches you. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to let you know that Ulrich is fine. 
He hasn't had any incidents since we brought him in last night. That's great. Real good to know. I should, you know, go see him too, because said I would do that, didn't I? Can we all go say hi? Oh, I I assumed you were here to see him. I mean, yeah. We also heard that Agent Rickard is awake. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Yeah, we'd like to meet both of them and touch base and see what's been happening. All right, if you want, I can escort you to Ulrich, or if you want to just go up and see the doctor, you know, whichever. Uh, I guess let's go see Ulrich first. I'm okay with that plan. I feel like a werewolf on the premises is a little bit more of a pressing issue. Fair, but he's he's secure. If you follow me right this way. The shade. He leads you down a long hallway towards an elevator where he slides a keycard. He gets into the elevator and gestures for you all to come in and presses the button for sub-level four. Is there a reason we are keeping him in the basement? I thought he pretty much came here willingly and has been nothing but like a normal guy. He has been, but given the incidents then and his inability to control his transformations, we're keeping him in a holding cell. We have no other place where we would feel confident and safe about keeping him with other people. Well, yeah, it's a good thing we're going to go see him then, so we can, you know, see other people. Could use some visitors then. Have some physical company. Oh, physical company? What kind of visit is this? Jesus. <laughs> Not that kind, Yardak. So the elevator whooshes and comes to a stop as you exit through an additional two reinforced metal barriers. The room you enter has ten sides, each forming a holding cell. You can see into the cells, which are divided off with both a reinforced net of metal and an energy barrier that emits a light purple glow. In a cell directly ahead of the elevator is a woman in black and red robes. She's on her knees, her arms restricted behind her back, and a metal cover on her mouth. She raises an eyebrow as her eyes meet yours. But suddenly, from a cell to the left, you hear... Ruby? Yardak? Myra? Oh. Hi! Ulrich, it's so good to see you. Are you okay? Yes, yes. These are better circumstances than I deserve, given what I did. Things were out of your control. I don't personally blame you for any of it. Not your fault. Yeah, considering you don't know what you're doing when you're the other guy. This is true, but I, I know what I am capable of. Frankly, it is fortunate that I was found by those such as yourself who took kindness on me. Well, of course. Is there anything you need? No, no, I've been quite well taken care of. Well, I had a nice raw steak, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, maybe we should eat here more often. And uh, Lewis looks kind of down. He's he's on a tablet, kind of just swiping around. He just kind of looks up and, and chuckles. Is there any, like, books or anything like that you'd like, you know, for entertainment? Yeah, I mean, lady over here with a mouth cover, I don't feel like she's going to be the best of company. This to me, there's not, like, a TV or anything in here, right? Lewis looks up and says, eh, we could probably get a TV in here. Well, I could, I have a bunch of DVDs. I could bring over some DVDs and stuff. If they're like the type of movie you're into, I'm into most movies, so got, got, a, got, a, I've got a selection. Ulrich smiles. That is so kind of you, Ruby. Um, anything, anything would be much appreciated. You would like it, Ulrich. She talked to me about the show Space Cadet. I haven't seen it myself, but I think <laughs> it's great. This girl and her space cadet. Oh my god. I will totally, like, convert Ulrich to a space cadet fan. <laughs> <laughs> be the thing. Well, I have I have plenty of time on my hands. How are they treating you? Everyone has been again quite kind given the circumstances. I met with the doctor, uh, Alvarado. Yes, she's very nice. She she's our friend. Good, good. She took a blood sample. I haven't heard back from her since. Okay. Tell her to keep your blood sample away from alien bodies. <laughs> That's very important. 
Very important. If there's one thing I've learned here at Union, it is that blood and aliens do not mix. Ulrich cocks an eyebrow at Yardak and nods. It's uh, weird, but very vital information to keep stored. And I, I've, I've really only met with uh, her and Agent Lewis here. Um, uh, I haven't really attempted to talk to any of the other guards on duty. It's at that time you also noticed that when you exited the doors of the elevators, there's actually a guard posted on either side of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I fully turned to uh, Dress Lewis. I see that we have Ulrich here, and we're taking well care of him as he is our guest here at Union. But my question is for uh, the lady in red over here. She seems to be the bigger concern down here in sub-level four. What's uh, what's her story? He shoots a glare over at the woman in the cell, who kind of, you can tell behind her metal cover, smiles at being referenced. <laughs> I'm getting some serious Scarlet Witch vibes, and I'm not appreciating it. (laughs) (laughs) What is that about? That little lady is known as Serena the Sorceress. Called it Scarlet Witch. (laughs) That name sounds like a name we should stay away from. (laughs) She's one of the most powerful mages in the world, and unlike her mother, does not use them to help others, but to hurt. Yikes. And And you actually, when you look, if you look over in the cell, you see her kind of like kneel her head a little bit. Like Captain Jack Sparrow when he sees the hanged pirates? Yeah. Like, he, she just kind of gives a little bow, like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm gonna whisper to only Yardak and uh, Myra. I was like, I know we're supposed to, like, be afraid of her, but she seems kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> she has what you landlubbers call the swag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Look at Yardak, hip with the lingo. <laughs> Agent Lewis doesn't even look up from his tablet. Yeah, she's killed over a hundred people. Oh. oh no. I'm gonna say I will, you know, come back some other time with some DVDs and I'll bring you some space cadet along with those. I think you'd appreciate it. And it's a show, so you know there's a bunch to watch through. It was really good seeing you. Glad you're well. Glad they're treating you okay. Thank you all. And he sits down on his bunk and goes to lay down. I will see you later. Lewis looks up and says, do you, do you want to go upstairs now? Yeah. Yes. As you're walking back towards the elevator, Lewis gets a little serious. I'll, I'll be honest, Director Bullard is not particularly, she's not unhappy with how this went down, but she doesn't necessarily feel safe bringing him into, into the facility. Bullard has a mage who's killed a hundred people <laughs> locked in a cage. A remorseful werewolf, like he, like he yeah. knows. A werewolf trying to change. Yeah. Where else was he supposed to go? It's not like we could have, like, brought him to another jail. She wanted to take him off site to another facility, but we, she knew, and I, and I urged her to keep him here, knowing that you would want to visit. Oh, you were right. Well, he doesn't seem to be a threat right now, and that facility seems pretty secure, so I think we're okay. I also, I made a promise not to take him anywhere that wasn't wanted. He agreed to come here. He didn't agree to go elsewhere. Many a word. I appreciate that, Lewis. Yes. And then the elevator doors open up, and you are on the second floor, where you see all of the different cubicles for the different agents, and there's the conference room to your left. Across the way, you can see the science lab, and to the left of that is the medical bay. Director Bullard is speaking with an agent, her arms crossed. She looks over and sees you, smiles and nods. I wave a little. Okay, we're the downward bro nod. The downward bro nod? Yeah. Okay. Up is for friends. 
a bunch of agents are running around. Most of them are just sitting around on their computers. One man is definitely playing Galaga. No, I'm just kidding. It's 2018. He's playing Temple Run. Do people still play Temple Run? I don't know. Wait, what? Yes, but I only mean me. (laughs) (laughs) But he's playing something on his phone. He's not playing it. (laughs) Hogwarts Mystery. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. So, what do you guys want to do next? Let's go in and see uh, see our agent. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned this earlier. I, I brought flowers with me because, you know, that's what you do when people are in the hospital. Okay. So you walk into the medical bay. Agent Alan Rickard is at a 45 degree angle on the examination table with his eyes closed as Dr. Alvarado grabs a lighting tool from her desk. There are still papers and blood samples strewn about the lab. As you enter, the doctor greets you. Oh, hello, Ruby. Yardak, Myra. This causes Rickard to open his eyes and look towards you. Hello. Rickard, it's so good to see you awake. Yes, it's great, but, you know, you're finally back with us. Howdy, Yardak. Ruby, Myra. Hi, I, um, I brought you some flowers. I thought, you know, some nice things would make you feel better. Oh, mighty thank you. And the doctor holds up a finger to all of you for a moment. All right, Agent, we, we do need to do a few more questions uh, and then you, you can get off the table after that. Okay. Who are you? I'm Agent Alan Michael Rickard. And where are you? Union Echo Base, Riverside City. And who is the president? Well, president is Abby Lynn Ritter. Well, it's Dr. Ritter, but that'll do. So we have like an established president in this verse. Yes, Dr. Abby Lynn Ritter. Okay. Thank you. First stop, ladies. I just judging from the name, is our, our president is a female? Correct. All right, that'll do. You can get off the table now. And he kind of takes a shaky step off the table, puts his hands on his knees and hoists himself up to stand upright. All six foot two, broad shoulders, looks at the three of you. Like, how are you feeling? Well, I, I, to be honest, I don't remember much of it. Uh, took a mighty blow to the head. I think you all were there for that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a little worrisome to watch. It was, it was real scary waking up, though. I didn't know if we had lost. I didn't know what had happened. It was... <sighs> like I said, I don't remember being out, but coming back was a little nerve-wracking. I, I scared it with a giant match. So I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of my giant match, guys. You did great. I haven't heard from my family at all, and the doctor kind of moves her hand and knocks a vial over. It doesn't shatter, but she goes, oh, oh, sorry. Jesus Christ, Alvarado, get it together. Please get a centrifuge or something. Um, yeah, noticing all the stuff strewn about... We might want to not do that. We need to have a sit-down with Alvarado, because <laughs> this is bordering on some dangerous territory here. Like, we're going to create some kind of monster that we can't defeat. And this poor man was injured because of her previous... Irresponsibility. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to say it, but boom, there it is. And so she apologizes and says, sorry, sorry, and, and straightens everything out on the desk. Um, are you close with your family? Well, yeah, yeah, I try to keep in touch with them. It's it's hard when you're when you're in this line of work, you know, you're moving all about and you can't necessarily tell them everything that's going on. And the doctor raises her finger to say something, but then uh, shakes her head and decides better of it. No, no, no. What were you going to say? Um, a- Agent, do you feel comfortable with me talking about things in front of the others here? Well, yeah, yeah, I think we can trust them. We took the liberty of... Uh, generating some correspondence with your family. They are not aware of, of what your condition was. Oh. Um. Huh. White man blinking meme is Myra's face. What? 
That's completely a character. Yeah, that's uh, overreaching. (laughs) Well, the situation was classified. We couldn't bring them here. And we couldn't tell them what happened to him. And we figured we would wait until we had reason to believe. Well, all of you here were really quick to try to get Ulrich off to some other base. Why, Why couldn't we move Alan Rickard to another base and then have his family visit him there? I wanted to keep an eye on him. They have video cameras. You also could have not started correspondence, and if they reached out, you could just tell them that he's on a mission. Well, that is exactly what we did. We waited until they, well, frankly, Agent, your mother seemed a little worried. She sent a, a good number of emails uh, asking asking for updates, so we told her you were on a mission out of the country. Okay, I guess that makes sense. It really isn't a journey through the mind, a, j- a journey out of the country. <laughs> oh my god. That's not actually something she says, though. And the agent looks down and he goes, well, I gotta be honest, Doctor, that makes sense, but I don't like it. I'm with you on that one, bud. Yeah, I'm, I think we're all on his side on this. Are they allowed to know now? Well, that is up to the agent. There are certain things that must remain classified, but your medical history is your business. HIPAA who? All right, let's be real here. This is an international spy organization. <laughs> <laughs> I think HIPAA is the least of their concern. <laughs> And and the agent just nods and goes, all right. Other than the misleading information from you to your family, Rickard, are there any other lingering conditions since your accident? Is everything okay? Uh, any? Um, I mean, I just woke up last night, so I, I, I haven't really been doing too much. They've been having me still resting, still doing a couple little tests, but I feel, I feel good. I feel pretty much 100%, mostly just kind of tired. I feel like I need to hit the gym. Not well rested? I mean, you've had a little nap time, bud. I mean, I don't think comas are exactly sleep. There's no REM cycle in comas. I also feel like you maybe should check with the doctor before you hit the gym. Oh, no, no. He can definitely he can definitely get back to exercising. His body is almost fully recovered from, from all of the incident. Really, I think this is just a case of, of being laying down for so long. Entropy. Suddenly, Agent Lewis pops his head in. Hey, hey, Doc, can I uh, can I talk to you for a few minutes? Oh, sure, yes. I shall be right back. And uh, the doctor walks out of the room with Agent Lewis. Ooh, what do you guys think they're talking about? Spasta. <laughs> Spasta. <laughs> no one, Agent Lewis. They probably got an executive meeting with the director. Makes sense. We saw Bullard out there talking to somebody. Uh, any ideas? I mean, I know you've been out of the loop, but... I, I saw her talking to a bunch of agents. I haven't seen any new agents since I've been here. No one's taken my job, right? <laughs> Job is safe, sir. <laughs> no one could replace you. <laughs> Am I? Is that in character? Do I keep that? Yes. The agent kind of looks down, smiles, and kicks the ground. Well, shucks. Thanks, ma'am. I guess I should try and get back to that movement stuff I was talking about earlier. Well, I don't want to stay in your hair too long, Agent Rickard. I'd... Well, no, Ruby, I, I want to hear. You guys have been up to a bunch of things. I want to hear about it. Oh. There's a werewolf, apparently? Uh, yeah, he's actually a cool guy. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Are you guys hungry? Because I'm, I'm starved. Oh, let's go get something to eat. What time is it? <laughs> First, is this breakfast, lunch, brunch, what? Uh, It's like nearing one o'clock in the afternoon. All right, let's go get some lunch then. Yeah, I want to get some lunch anywhere you want to go. Well, I don't think I'm clear to leave the facility yet. But, oh, uh, let's, we, we could... let's go to the cafeteria. I have heard I good have things about the <laughs> The oh damn, we had the same idea. <laughs> I think all three of us had the idea. It is it is pretty fine. I heard they have a good rare steak. <laughs> he starts to walk out the door towards the elevator. 
suddenly you hear a voice across the way. Hey, Myra. Hey, Myra. Huh? And you look over and you see Frank waving you down. Oh, hey, Frank. What's up? Uh, nothing. Just, uh, I was trying to check in with you guys, see how everything's going. Oh, everything's good. We just said hey to Ulrich and now Agent we're hanging Rickard. out with, yeah. We were just about to get some lunch with Agent Rickard if you'd like to join us. Nah, I gotta do some work in engineering. When you're done, feel free to we'll stop on by. Okay. Sounds good. Let's engineer some non-autonomous robots. He w- he winks and he says, I make no promises. One day, you're gonna make Westworld, man. Just be careful. Through the glass doors to her office, you can see Bullard with a serious look on her face talking with Robin Markovic, who at this point only Yardak has met. I have to say, I remember that name. Rob Markovic is basically the person who funds all of Union. Oh, she'd had the conversation, that's why I don't like her. And she still has her arms crossed in front of her, and she's nodding, but she looks very serious. You can't hear at all what they're saying through the door. Looks like serious business. Yeah? I'm gonna give her a friendly wave from across the way. And she does an upward bro nod towards you. Let's let's go get some lunch, guys. Yeah, yeah, let's go grab, grab yeah, a bite. Yeah, come on, Rickard, my treat. And Rickard goes, sounds good to me. And you all start to walk towards the elevator. When you reach it, though, uh, Rickard kind of pats at his pants and realizes, oh, oh, man, I don't have my I don't have my key card on me. We'll have to take the stairs. More steps on my activity tracker. You're a speedster. Does everyone else get so confused by how, like, many steps a day you get? I, like, keep a competition with myself. It's fun. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine you in competition with everyone else, though? They're like, 18 million steps per day. <laughs> Hey, this is RC. Charity and fandom collide at Rebel Cause. They are a group of Star Wars fans dedicated to doing good in their community by raising money for the homeless. Co-founder Caden Stetler sat down with me to talk a bit about the group, whose fandom truly inspired him to start. A few years ago, I was actually watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, and I thought it was pretty awesome. The, The Rebels in that show actually took food to the Tarkin towns. They're like Hoovervilles. I just kind of was sitting there and I was like, man, I really wish I could do something like that. That would be awesome. And thought about it for a few minutes and I'm like, hey, I could do that. And so the saga, inspired by another saga, began. Care to learn more? You can find a link to Rebel Cause on our website at masksandmayhem.com support. So as you start to walk down the marble staircase, you're walking down the left marble staircase across the way on the right. Ruby and Yardak notice in her white and black Union jumpsuit, Gemini heading up the other direction. <laughs> Hi! I'm gonna wave at Gemini. She turns around and goes, oh, hey. And she looks a little conflicted and just kind of shrugs and goes, ah, eh, whatever. And comes back down the stairs towards you guys. Where's everybody going? Can I go grab a bite to eat? Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can get something to eat. Uh, this is, I'm not sure if you've met, but this is Agent Rickard. Uh, yeah, I think we met once, Agent Rickard. Uh, but I don't know your friend here. And, and uh, she points at Myra. This is Myra. Hi. Hi. And Gemini reaches out to shake your hand, Myra. Myra shakes her hand back. And you feel like a slight hum tingling in your fingers. Ooh, what is this? <gasps> Gemini pulls back her hand, twiddles her fingers, and balls them into a fist and goes, Ah, super speed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, uh, Gemini's power is that she copies other people's powers. Oh. And actually, when she says that, she goes, yeah, and she runs at super speed, up the stairs, around the top side, and comes back down. You feel the wind rush, and Myra, of course, this is familiar, but yeah, you, you've never seen, I imagine, anyone else do it. No, and I'm kind of envious. It's like, hey, that's my thing. Give it back. 
I, I didn't take it from you. Trust me. No, 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 no. That's not how. That's not how this works. Yeah, we uh, met when she was one of the people that got uh, set off to the thing in space with us. Yeah, I went to space. Fought some aliens. Tried to, tried to talk to some aliens. Didn't go as well. Yeah. <laughs> you are a little bit of a mess. Oh my. Ain't that the truth. Ricker goes, um, y'all lunchtime? Yes, let's go get some food. So, yeah, you walk down the additional staircase to sub-level one, and Gemini actually looks at you, Myra, and says, God, is, is everything must feel like slow motion to you. Kinda. But it's better to oh. stay with everyone than to get there and wait. Uh, that, might be, that would be mighty lonely, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, kinda. So I haven't seen you guys since, uh, well, you know, going to space. What, uh, what have you guys been up to? You know, fighting aliens, finding werewolves. The usual. I've been working on my movie in between those times. Oh yeah? Got a producer yet? No, just me. It's real fun. <laughs> uh, oh. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah, oh yeah, I heard you guys uh, caught a werewolf. Uh, was he cool? Badass? Did you win? You got him, right? Yeah, he's actually like a, a nice guy who didn't know what he was doing. Oh, that's how it goes sometimes. Oh man, this is, frankly, this is unbearable. Ruby, can I touch your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Man. You get used to it. <laughs> you feel you feel the slight hum again, and Gemini just sighs and goes, "Huh, okay. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't know how you can stand that, but good on you. I was out of town for for the whole werewolf incident. Oh, I need to tell the doctor that I have a new power. We never did that. Are you saying that out loud or no? That's just Rachel. I would have, you know, also to Gemini. Oh, I actually have a new power. I should probably tell the doctor about that. Yeah, I can. I can feel it. Um, I don't know if I should try it here, because I think I might blind people. Would you say it's dazzling? It's a, li- it's a little dazzling. Yeah, well, oh, man. What, you found that fight in the werewolf? I did. Okay. Hmm. And you guys walk into the cafeteria, and there's, you know, there's a cup, there's a big, long, like, buffet line option, and a bunch of long tables, a couple... You know, stray agents kind of sitting at him, but for the most part, it's just the the cafeteria staff. I'm gonna nudge Rickard and say, "Go wild, man! You've earned it." <laughs> <laughs> and he and he rubs his hands together and goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> oh, why don't you why don't you go rustle on up some grub? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, other boy, you really want a chicken fried steak? Chicken fried steak? That's a whole nother level. Gemini, meanwhile, grabs a whole bunch of mashed potatoes. I respect that choice. And then just a ton of chocolate cake. Oh my god! Oh. Same! We're twins! <laughs> you, wait, wait, sorry. Myra, are you also getting mashed potatoes and chocolate cake? Yeah. Okay. On Gemini's plate, they are very divided. Well, I imagine Myra might need a bunch of, like, carbs a day. Yes. So. <laughs> Rick is just getting a bunch of fried chicken. I'm gonna get some, like, salmon with some vegetables. Oh, look at you being healthy. What what are the rest of you getting? Uh, I'm gonna stay away from the fish. I I knew him. Um, <laughs> that is not in character. That can't be in character. Ruby, you murderer. You know what, Ricker? That's a good idea. I'm gonna get some chicken fried steak too. Let me try this stuff out. Mm-mm, they make it good here. It ain't it ain't Mama's cooking, but it's pretty good. Agent Ricker, where are you from? Because for some reason, I never noticed your accent before. <laughs> Alabama, ma'am. Nice. I'm actually from Texas. Never been out there. 
I've never been to Alabama. Seems like they're fairly close, so. Uh, home ain't nothing really to talk about, but it's home. I understand that sentiment. I must say, that is the most Southern thing he could have said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Gemini is is first out of the gate and sits down at a table and just starts going to town on the mashed potatoes. You were a speedster for five minutes, Gemini. Calm down. Oh my god. Can we be best friends? Yeah, no. Gemini is straight up inhaling mashed potatoes. Do you always eat like this? <laughs> Usually after a mission. Ooh, is, did you just go on a mission? Uh, well, it's been uh, it's been a little while now. I, I've been uh, I've been off duty kind of since then. They're waiting to send me back out to the field. Then why the sudden appetite? Uh, I reasons. I want to try to persuade Gemini into talking. Okay. What about are the rest? Do all of you want to? Is that what's going on? Yeah, we're we're teaming up. I will not. I will leave it up to the other two. Okay. Well, then roll roll some uh, persuasion checks. Thirteen. Uh, no, I... I can't count. <laughs> Fifteen. Eighteen. All right. So, what do you both say? Come on, Gemini. You can't let us in on just like a little bit of. Uh... They keep enough secrets around here. Why we shouldn't keep them from each other? Um. Well, I. Well, the doctor said she talked. You guys heard about the mission out west. Oh, yeah, the one, like, everyone went on except us. Yes. Yes, we did. That day that we did not have backup when it would have been real nice. Yeah, yeah, that one. Well, I was with the others on the West Coast, uh, you know, with the whole zombie thing, and well, we went in as prepared as possible, but it was real messed up. I... A lot happened. Are you okay? Seems like you might actually need someone to talk to, like, not me, like, a therapist or something. Uh, I'm going to try to persuade Gemini by saying, well, that sounds like it was actually really terrible. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Get it off your chest? Should I roll? 21. Yeah, I just saw... So I was stationed with a couple agents, and I was the only one who made it out on my team. Oh, I'm so sorry. You see zombies in the movies. It's just, it's not like that. Oh, no. And she sort of shudders. Yeah, I don't... And then there's the whole thing with Matthias. Oh, uh, yeah. Duh. What happened to Matthias? Oh, you guys... You guys didn't hear? No. No. He's gone. Uh, not dead. I mean, not in the way that Matthias can be dead. No, he he defeated his rival and moved on to the next dimension. Oh, I well, mean... Well, that's... Wait, that was real? Yeah, why... <laughs> no one ever believed him. <laughs> yeah, he defeated his rival, they move on to the next dimension and begin the battle again. I should make a movie about him. Yeah, I, uh... Anyway, I've been I've been missing him. <laughs> Weirdo. Uh, but I've, I've been keeping track of the host body, because that stayed behind. How is he doing? Because, like... Does he remember being Matthias? I have questions. Because, like, he was possessed, so... Well, I don't have a lot of details. I haven't confronted him. But, I mean, he seems alright. Went back, went back home, went back to work. I've been dealing with a lot lately. Uh, it sure sounds like it. Zombies yeah. and interdimensional beings is, uh... Did I give you my number, Gemini? No, you did not. Here. Here it is. In, ca- in case you need someone to talk to, I'm, I'm always around. She immediately texts you a, uh, winking, um, tongue-out face emoji. <laughs> nice. I haven't been feeling well. Headaches. Weird dreams. And at this point, she has finished her food, 
and says, all right, I did have a meeting upstairs. I should get going. Okay. Well, it's good to see you, Gemini. And uh, I don't really use my phone much, but here's my number two. <laughs> and take mine because we should be best friends. And she puts all the numbers in her phone, puts the phone in her uh, breast pocket, smiles, winks, and gives finger guns before walking away. Also, I want to be clear that she does all that without saying a word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I fully believe that. Oh my god, she is amazing, and I want to be her when I grow up. That was in character. Agent Rickard has kind of just been gnawing on his uh, his chicken. I forgot about Rickard this whole time. No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask, is he done yet? Because we kind of gotta go see Frank. Remember, guys? Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all can go go do what you gotta do. I gotta go back up to medical after this anyway. But uh, Myra, did you say you, Myra? Did you say you want to be her when you grow up? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. I did say that. Gemini's nineteen, <laughs> <laughs> but she's cooler than anyone I've ever met. Ain't that the truth? Also, I'm going to like oh, in case I don't know how many friends you have in the area, <laughs> and you know. You've been, you know, in a coma for a month. I'm also gonna give Agent Record my number. I'll be like, you know, <laughs> if yeah, you, you know, reach out if you like need to hang out with anyone or something. Smooth. Well, I definitely need to get out of here for a little while. I think so. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you guys would make a very cute couple. You know, I just trying to be friendly. Oh wait, is this after you walked away or while you're still no, there? No, we are still there. <laughs> Agent Record kind of blushes a little bit and just keeps eating. I. Just trying to be friendly, and I'm just gonna elbow Yardak, like, covertly. I mean no disrespect, but Yardamo and I would love to go on double dates with you at any time. (laughs) And he just starts rapid fire eating the chicken, (laughs) but as though it were corn on the cob. I'm just going to push both of them, like, let's go. When did you, do you have a boyfriend? I mean, titles haven't been assigned How do I not know about this? uh, We have been seeing each other. He is a fellow Atlantean like myself. Oh, yay! Um, So you guys are all walking along discussing the boyfriend, or the untitled. (laughs) The untitled. He's fucking Voldemort. Oh, it actually occurs to me, have you guys ever been to engineering before? Uh, no. 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 Well, luckily, there's some helpful signs on the walls and some nice color-coded uh, directional labels. Nice. Good thing we can read. Do we pass the doctors, like, going to engineering? No. C- okay. You were on sub-level one, engineering's on level one, and the doctor's on level two. Okay. Now let's go to engineering. Okay. So you follow the stairs up to level one and immediately are directed toward the back of the building. You come across a door with another key card and... You cannot get through because you don't have key cards. Is there a window in the door? There is like a, a frosted glass pane on the left, but you can't see through it. I'm going to knock on the door. You know what? A, 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 a solution I did not think of. It's probably a good idea. All of a sudden the intercom comes on. Hello, Frank here. What's up? Hey, it's Ruby, Myra, and Yardak. Oh. You wanted to show us something? I just wanted to chat anyway, one second, and you hear a button get pressed, and all of a sudden, like, a little bit of, like, steam lets out along the side of the, the door, and it and it uh, opens up. The opening of this door reminds me of Space Cadet. <laughs> of course it does. And you go in, and there's a slight chill as you enter the engineering space, which is, well, given what you've seen in the doctor's office, still surprisingly untidy. What is it with these union folk? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not... It's worse. It's a lot bigger of a space. There's tables all over, and there are just blueprints and a lot of turned-off digital tablets on all the tables, 
and all of the chairs in the room have been moved to one side, as though no one used- No vials of blood, is there? <laughs> no, there are no vials of blood. Okay, All of good. the chairs in the room have been moved to one side, as though no one uses them, and there are food items in the trash cans, which look to be dangerously close to overflowing, like they haven't been emptied in a while. Various parts and unpainted prototypes sit on displays half-finished. Frank looks up as you enter, grunts slightly, and looks back down at the item he's soldering. You guys need to get organized. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to clean up after this, but well, I don't, I don't, I try not to let people into the lab. I also worry for you in the lab, you're- I mean, you should clean it anyway. Like, are there no janitors? I just pointed out the trash can. Yeah, they, well, they don't have clearance to get in here unless I'm in here. Oh, yeah, I, I just, there's a lot of, a lot of classified material, but it, it, it's fine. Director Bullard knows that you're gonna be in here. So, what you working on? And he's kind of, like, just soldering a, a joint and of what looks to be, like, a robotic arm. Uh, is this, hmm. uh, the second iteration of our friend the Hollow Knight? What's going on here? No, no, I would never build a real Hollow Knight. That's, that's... Yeah, please don't do that. No, uh, he's just, he, that's a fun holographic side project, but... No, this is for, uh, this is for someone else, so it's just, uh, an improvement for for someone. Okay. But yeah, I just- th- That fun for who? Because you almost got killed. And he chuckles. Oh, well, it was a fun idea. Some things don't work out right on the first try. But I think this means someone's gonna be bionic. Remember, Frank, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Listen, listen to Jeff Goldblum. And he just seems a little, a little frustrated. He's like- I'm not making anyone bionic. I I just I just wanted to chat. I was say I didn't don't need your critique in my work. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Well, uh, what what did you want to chat about, Frank? My yeah. apologies. What did you want to talk about? I just thought I'd see how you've been doing. I know you had the werewolf incident. I know you had the whole thing with Brigand. Yeah, everything uh, seems to have settled down except for the disappearance of Brigand. We're still alive. About more than we can hope for. Right, right. I really. It's it's the worst thing when you want I want him to show back up because I want us to catch him, but I also just want him to disappear. I know that feel. Mm-hmm. How have you been? He says one second. He just goes back to soldering real quick, and he connects like a couple cables on the arm. And he goes, "Well, that that should do. That should do." And he kind of it's on. It's a tape. The table that it's on is on wheels, and he kind of just slides it out of the way towards the wall. That seems like a very important project. Yeah, yeah. He'll be. He'll he'll like it. Yeah, I um, Myra, uh. And he crosses his arms, and he looks a little frustrated. Myra, I know that you... I know that you gave information to your brother about one of the missions. Information that I specifically asked you not to give out. Oh, but, like, he works there. He's not gonna... Right, but you didn't... He doesn't work for Union. I mean, yeah. Didn't, wasn't it for a purpose? Yeah, yeah, you wanted his opinion on, like, what to do about Brigand. Also, didn't he help? He did. Okay. Outstanding by this decision. So I say to Frank, um, yeah, but, like, you don't know my brother. Like, that information is not gonna go anywhere else. I get that, and I did a bunch of research on him. I know there's nothing wrong with him, but that's the point I was making, Myra. I don't know him. I gave you information that, you know, I thought you were just gonna keep to yourselves for your mission, and you told it to someone. And I think of my brother as like a me part two, where it's like still me, and that's it. <laughs> you haven't broken my trust, at least not entirely. But I, when I say something like that, that like information's classified, that I'm going out on a limb to give it to you guys, I need to know 
It's not, you know, going beyond that. Because I, you know, there are things that I'm technically not supposed to give you like that because you're you're not union agents. There's there's limitations to what I'm allowed to give you, but I trust you guys, so I'm willing to bend the rules a little bit. He's not mad. He's just disappointed. <laughs> I understand. I apologize. We'll make sure we're... Myra and I, at least, are not used to working with classified documents. Or keeping secrets from yeah. your closest closest person in your life. I get why you trust him. He's a good kid. I just... Ask next time, okay? Okay. Okay. I can promise to do that. So I'm just going to say, I have something I forgot to tell the doctor, so I'll go off and do that. and then Ruby, as you, as you go to leave, he goes, all right, I'm glad we took care of that. I'm glad we talked to this. Yardak, Myra, do you guys want to see what I was working on? Uh, yeah, sure, show us. Uh, yeah. While that's happening, though, Ruby, uh, tell me, tell me what you're doing. I'm going back to the doctor's office and see if she's there. Descri- describe that journey just slightly. Um, you said it was on, well, I guess I can't hit the elevator, so I'm gonna go up, you said it's upstairs, right? Yep. So I'm gonna go up the stairs, use some signs, you follow the signs to get back to the doctor's office, and I'm going to, like, I guess, knock when I get there as well? And you hear absentmindedly, yeah, yes, come in. And I, hey, Lydia, um, there was something I meant to mention earlier, but, uh, it slipped my mind. I kind of have a new power. And she uh, had actually been looking into a microscope while you did that. And she like startlingly like goes, what? And turns around. I, um, I guess it could be part of the illusion power. But when the uh, werewolf attacked me, I reacted and I just like shot light out of my hands. And it like, like, like blinded him for a second. It was quite dazzling. Oh. Oh. And she's a little taken aback. I she looks down as though she's reading information off of like an invisible paper in front of her trying to process this. I figured if this was some information that you should know. And she looks at you and she raises her hand and opens her mouth like she's going to say something and then stops. Oh, closes her fist. Oh, okay, Ruby. Thank you for informing me. Hmm. Yeah, do you have any clues of, like, what that could mean for my powers, or... And she turns around away from you, says, I I have some theories. I, hmm, I'll have to re-examine your blood sample, I I mean... Oh, also, because you said you liked romance novels, I got a new Tess of Dara book, so I'll lend it to you when I'm done with it. Um, thank you, Ruby. Is there anything else? Uh... She's been looking back into the microscope and hasn't turned around. Yeah, she's being rather weird. I... To be fair, is she ever normal? Like, she's a pretty weird character. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, extra right now. I guess. Also, yeah. Also, if you ever want to hang out again, you know, hopefully no werewolves attack while we do it. Yes, of course. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have opportunities for that. Great. I'll, uh, see you later. And she turns around and looks at you and shakes her hand, kind of clenches her jaw. Okay, I look forward to hearing from you. Ruby. I mean, Rachel, I don't know about you, but I think that Lydia's dying to tell you something. Yeah. And you, like, don't care. Like, I think <laughs> Ruby's just like, what the hell? Okay, I'm gonna ask, is there something you want to tell me? And do a persuasion check. Okay. Uh, 
Well, that's probably not. She's probably not going to be compelled. All in all, that is an eight. I rolled a two, by the way. Oh. And she shakes her head and immediately turns around and goes, Ruby, I have important work to do. I, I'm i going to need this space to myself to focus. Okay. Yeah. See you later. Goodbye, Ruby. Bye. If you fail a persuasion check, can you, like, continue the conversation and do another one? Yeah, you'd have to continue the conversation and, and to to give a, you know, explanation. But she basically kicked her out, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'd say around what time is it now in the game? I'd say it's probably closer to two o'clock now. We'll, we'll come back to you in just a second. While you were running upstairs and talking to the doctor, Frank is showing Myra and Yardak the robotic arm that he was building. Yeah, you see, it's going to have a lot quicker reaction time. It's going to... Well, it's going to be way better than the last one I built. And see this? It's got like a plasma torch on it for welding. Or defensive capabilities. It seems like if we're attempting to bait Brigand, this is a good way to do it. No, 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 no. I, I was trusted to build this, and I can't risk this for someone else to try to, well, to try to solve my vendetta. Vendetta against two. Well, Brigand, he, he, stole some, he stole some of my tech out west. That was in the files I gave you. Do we think uh, something like this arm could be used to stop Brigand? I mean, I guess if you wanted to, like, slice his arm off or something, but it, this wasn't built for Brigand. Like, I don't, anyway. Slicing off an arm, I'll slice off whatever I need to if he tries to attack Atlantis again. What was it built for? There was a scientist, Dr. Byer, who, how do I simplify this? Had an incident, and now he lives in a robot body. <laughs> so he's bionic. No, 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 he, he, it's a digital copy of his consciousness copied onto a robot suit. Oh, so like Transcendence, if you saw that movie. Like Futurama. Yeah. What is the, that name of that movie with Robin Williams, where he's a robot? Bicentennial Man? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I love the movie, it's so sad. In his last mission, he had his, his one arm destroyed, and so I was building him a new one. Okay. He's a good man, and I trust Dr. Byer. Was he involved in what happened out west? Okay. No, he's not part of Union. Ooh, extra Union or things. That's neither here nor there. I just thought you'd think it's a cool robot arm. And this is the point where, uh, Ruby, you are on your way back now? Yeah. When we were originally saying you were on your way back, you, you were going to say something. I was thinking that, because I said I would go back and make a movie, that maybe I should at least try to do that. Oh, okay. Are you leaving, or are you- No, no, I'm going to go back, so I'm not going to just like leave and be like, surprise, I'm gone. Everybody just yeah. wonder where I went. So I'm coming back to engineering. I'll lock on the door when I get there. Uh, and the door opens up and Frank lets you back in. Hey, that's cool robot arm. This Intel Drop is brought to you by Control-Alt-Quinn on Twitch. The Intel Drop dives deeper into the lore of Masks and Mayhem. Quarnians are a hive-minded race of sentient plants from the other side of the Milky Way galaxy. They attempt to exterminate all other non-hive-minded species. Their evolution has given Quarnians many powerful abilities. They can shapeshift, mimicking the look of nearly any organic organism. They are also capable of releasing toxic spores and to grow tendrils to attack with. Quarnians are nearly indestructible, so long as their seed core survives. This allows them to travel in the vacuum of space. Their empire sends out seedlings to scout new planets for potential invasion. However, they are deathly afraid of fire as it is one of the few things that can kill them. But the farther a Quarnian is from the hive mind, the more independent they become. This intel drop was brought to you by Control-Alt-Quinn on Twitch. 
Looking for a stream featuring a rotating library of fun and engaging titles, along with quirky, irreverent humor? You can find a link to her channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Is there anything else that we need to do while we're at Union, guys? I'm not sure about you guys, but I wanted to go take a chat with uh, Betsy. Well, it's oddly enough, at that moment, you hear on the intercom the voice of Director Bullard. Can I have Yardak and Ruby and Myra to the conference room, please? Beetlejuice, 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 right? Are you psychic? I guess we do have stuff to do. And then all of a sudden you hear the intercom click back on. Can I also have the executive staff to the conference room? Ooh, something's a-brewing. Let's go. Frank uses his key card to open up the elevator doors. Oh, we can use the elevator again. Yay! Thank God, not all of us have super speed. There are a lot of stairs here. <laughs> hey, I like to stay with people. Can we get, like, a card just to use the elevator? Don't need special access in the rooms. We just don't want to use the stairs. <laughs> like, an elevator-specific access card. Yes. First world problems. <laughs> we'll ask at a later time, but we might be able to swing that. Cool. Yay. I was like, we're not trying to get special privileges. We just don't want to take the stairs. We're lazy. And the elevator doors open up, and again, you see... The cubicles in front of you and the lab across the way and the conference room is immediately to your left towards the offices. All right. Well, let's go see what boss lady wants. Yeah. And as you walk in, you see director Betsy Bullard wearing her normal tactical attire. Mm -hmm. She's got her arms on the table and she's talking with Dr. Alvarado and Agent Kevin Lewis as the four of you walk in. You, uh, you rang for us, Betsy. Thank you all for coming. If you could just have a quick seat for me. Alrighty, take a seat. Yep, sit down. Sits down. <laughs> okay, so, here's the deal. You guys did good work. You've been doing good work. We have a gentleman who is in our holding cells that in a technical sense didn't do anything wrong. Also, technically in our cells, have a vicious murdering monster. This admittedly is conflicting, and I want to have a, a discussion about what's going to be done. And I figured since you all brought him in, you all seem to be getting well, along that I'd bring you guys in as well. I would say you don't have a vicious yeah. monster because it's not a full moon. Well, no, he, uh, the, the mage. Oh, wait, what? No, 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 no. She was talking about the werewolf. Yeah, she oh, well, fuck Betsy. <laughs> that's why I didn't say anything because that's all she meant to mage. You know what? Um, I wouldn't call him a monster. He's a person. Who happens to turn into a monster once a month. But also, he's not the same person anymore when that happens. And he, she puts her arms on the table and she goes, I understand. I get that Ulrich himself is not doing this, but Mr. Ivanov transforms into a creature beyond his control. And I don't know if you noticed, it's not just at a full moon. And I feel like the very first step is trying to get him under control and learning to rein in the beast that's inside of him. And also possibly and bringing him on, fi figuring out how to separate the two. Well, that's why we have the doctor in here. Doctor, have you discovered anything from your work? And she looks, and the doctor looks around the room, uh, looking rather stern, and says, I, I've been researching, you know, pretty much all morning, all afternoon now, and well, as far as I can tell, it's, it's base level. It's, it's, it's part of him now, and I haven't been able to find a cure. I was going to reach out to the Matera family since they have a bit more familiarity with mystical beings. Stalin and I both ask if we know who, those are, who that is. Oh, uh, the doctor um, mentioned them last time as the family that helped with the apocalypse oh. incident. 
Okay. The the mystical treasure hunters. I'm just, yeah, gonna keep quiet, li- listening, because I'm a little mad now. I am not going to remain quiet. I don't blame him for the crimes. I am just saying that, to the best of our knowledge, we don't have a way to cure him, and and I don't want to keep him at this facility, and I, and I don't... I, I understand I understand the conflict here, and I'm not blaming him for his condition. Well, Betsy, I don't blame Dr. Alvarado for the cornean, but uh, she also <laughs> still is not keeping her vials where they should be. <laughs> so I feel like there's some other things that need to be looked at before we start pointing fingers at these so-called bloodthirsty monsters who are here trying to get help for themselves. I will remind you, Yardak, that he, that he tore multiple people in half yesterday at the concert. We're not all perfect. <laughs> That cannot be true. <laughs> Mistakes were made. He's trying to atone for them. And and she looks at, right at you, Yardak. And he's not responsible for what the creature does, but he and the creature inhabit the same body. There is, to some degree, a responsibility here for us to keep him away from the public. This is a secure facility, though, right? Like, you have that other lady down there. Ever since the incident with the Quarnian, I've been just trying to decide whether we should start moving all of our detainees off-site. I'm not sure cutting off Ulrich and the monster from every friend, as far as I know, only us. From all human interaction. When he, Ulrich, has done nothing wrong. For all we know, isolation might bring out the monster more. Exactly. And, and Bullard nods her head at this, kind of furrows her brow. Okay. The next step is to not give up on him. Considering he's innocent. And I feel like you have everything here to help him. You have Dr. Alvarado, who can work with his biology. Maybe there's something he can do that way, or... Maybe there's some kind of, like, medicine he could take that will keep the monster in check, or even have him be lucid as the monster. Yes, that's the end goal. And, I mean, we also even have the horns here. We can work with him through the horns, so that way there aren't people getting injured. And then he can even become an asset to Union. And she and she continues to nod at what you're saying, and she looks over to Agent Lewis. Agent Lewis? What do you think of this? Agent Lewis wraps his fingers on the table, hasn't really looked up since everyone started talking. D- Director, I think we should trust their instincts. They... Yes. <laughs> Agent Lewis looks up, looks, the, looks at the three of you and says, yeah, we should trust their instincts. We should be open to what they have to say. And she looks at him and goes, duly noted, Agent Lewis. <gasps> I want to persuade betsy i'm going to like kind of whisper so that director bullard can't see but with like mouth thank you to agent lewis and i give him uh, a nod of solidarity on that one and then i want to try to persuade betsy by saying um betsy you know the right thing to do is to try to help ulrich in whatever way we can not treat him like a criminal when he's trying to better himself, and then in turn maybe even better us. Fucker, I rolled a three. <laughs> oh, I have the re-roll. You do have your luck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have two stages of it. Mm-hmm. Guess what I rolled? A three? A two. A fucking three! <laughs> no! No, this is important, I'm using my last luck. You gotta help my boy. Woo! 19 plus 9, 28. Suck on that, Betsy. Yardak, Director Bullard looks up at you and stares you right in the eyes. Sorry, I need to think about what she says to this. (laughs) 
I will let you know that you succeeded by three degrees, which moves up your favorability three ranks. Yeah. Hey. All right. Does everyone agree? Aye. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Agent Lewis nods as well. And the doctor looks down at her notes, looks up, and nods as well. Yes. Got my boy. <laughs> In character? <laughs> and she looks up and she goes, Okay, then. You all have made your, your stances clear. He'll remain here for the time being. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Reason, Yay. Betsy. And she, after, after contemplating for a moment, she turns around and says, All right, Dr. Alvarado, I want you working on a cure. I want you to contact the Materas right away. See what you can find out. Agent Lewis, let's see if we can make him feel a little more at home. And move him to the other side of the room. Keep him away from Serena. Oh, that's probably a good idea. Something about keeping a werewolf next to a powerful sorceress doesn't bode well to me. You're not wrong, Betsy. Okay, Doctor, I want a status report in four hours. I'll be in my office. And she walks out of the room. I was just gonna look around. Should I have told her about my new power, too? Shit, we keep forgetting. <laughs> I feel, well, I mean, wouldn't the doctor tell her? The doctor stands up and walks past the three of you and says, I've already told her. Oh, okay. Good. And just continues walking. Nobody seems concerned that she's suddenly sprouting new powers. She seemed concerned before. Yeah, now they're just kind of, like, forgetting about it. Okay, Agent Kevin Lewis stands up, turns off his tablet, and says, I think we did good today, guys. Yep. We saved an innocent man from having to be put in shackles, or even worse. Who knows what's on those other zones. And he looks at you and goes, we're not going to torture him. We were going to send him to another facility just, you know, farther away from, from, you know, populations. I don't know what would happen when I can't see him. Well, I'm pretty content with how today played out. Yep. I, um... We'll be by in a day or two with some DVDs for him. And more flowers? You know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, you get a text on your phone. Is it Bethany? It is Bethany. Uh, at this point, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon. And she texts you and says, hey, looks like it's actually going to rain today. So we're not going to be able to shoot in the alley. I'm going to text GDI. We should... Definitely, if it if it doesn't rain tomorrow, we should definitely shoot there tomorrow. Bethany texts back, Okay, uh, we can do some, some editing tonight, perhaps. Maybe some script work? I'm gonna send a thumbs up emoji. Okay. Agent Rickard walks in and goes, Hey guys, what's happening? We uh, just successfully convinced Betsy and the rest of the these here higher-ups to let Ulrich stay here, instead of sending him off to a different base. Oh, cool. Well, the doctor came in. She seemed real agitated, but she said I'm clear to go. I'm going to go take a walk downtown. Cool. Apparently it's supposed to rain, by the way. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Is Alvarado still in the room? No, no. She went back to the medical bay. I was telling her about a new power that I discovered, and I think that might have confused her or concerned her. She seemed a bit more than concerned. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need to revisit that conversation with her. Actually, to be clear, I don't think the two of you would know about that yet, would you? I know what? I'm going to, like, text later, as, like, to these two. We have got to talk about that, that conversation later. It was, it was weird. And Agent Rickard just looks out, looks out the window and sees the rain starting to come down. I've been laying down forever. I'm going to go outside. All right, well, I mean, try to stay safe. Okay. Glad when you're out there, bud. I got knocked into a coma by an alien. 
I think I'll be okay. What am I, what's the worst that's going to happen? I get struck by lightning? <laughs> don't test it. I mean, yeah, don't. <laughs> and he goes to walk out the door. See you later, y'all. See ya. I have a long night of editing ahead of me, so I will see you guys later. Good luck with your movie. Thanks. Yeah, this is one of the most uneventful um, get-togethers we've had here at Union, and I can't say I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> great, I didn't have to put anyone in a box. <laughs> <laughs> put Serena in a box. I do think I'm going to go home and ask my brother some questions, though. Fair. Chapter 3, In the Pale Moonlight, Part 2 Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Press. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and given a series of blood tests by myself, R.C. Byler. You can subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, at MayhemCast. Follow us there so you can keep up with everything we do. This week's new NPC name based on a listener is Abby Ritter. If you'd like to be included as an NPC, you can tweet about the show using the hashtag MayhemCast. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. It's nighttime now. Myra's at home, working through her thoughts on the day's events. How is Myra feeling? Um, she's feeling a little bit concerned after what Frank said, like, like maybe, maybe Mo accidentally let something slip. Suddenly, her phone rings, and it's Agent Lewis. Hello? Hey. Agent? Hey, Myra. Thanks for taking my call. Um, what's going on? Well, I just wanted to call and say, you did good today, Myra, and really, you all did. Thanks, I appreciate that. Is there, is there anything else? Yes, I've been contemplating some things, and, well, I've come to give you an offer. Hmm. Chance to, chance to help. Union needs people like you. And I'd like to offer you the chance of becoming an agent. 